Can a marriage survive infidelity? We dig deep to explore this thorny question. Join me, Jean-Claude Chalmet, and founder of The Place Retreats and a featured columnist for The Times, with Amy Cooper and Louise Daniels, on The Place Retreats podcast. Search Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your favorite Android app. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome back to your next episode with me, Louise. And me, Amy. Our guest today is a psychiatrist who's written a book all about uh, talking with your kids about sex, self-confidence and healthy relationships. Mm. Um, More about her in a bit. But Amy, where are you with all of that? Do you use proper biological correct terminology for your kids body parts yeah i do yeah. actually Good. well yeah. done yeah yeah i mean my, no my... Front bottoms or auntie mary's here then no <laughs> <laughs> no I, I it was just um it was quite instinctive uh, listen i'm not like a expert or anything and mm. I, I i feel like yeah i feel like i'm leah's written a book hasn't she um you know and i'm, I'm going to be purchasing it yeah. uh, very very quickly because i yeah i, I feel like that thing of sort of like oh you threw through or your tuppence mm. um well, listen, put it that way, put it this way. They used to say that in the 80s. So that already tells you that, it, that, that that's not the route that we want to be going down. Um, yeah, so we've, we've, I've always used that that terminology, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. Well, um, so what are you... Well, so no, um, do you, were you about to ask I was saying, me what, what about you when, okay, when so, your kids were younger? Well, when they were young, because they're in their 20s now. So, uh, well, the youngest one's 15, but yeah. Um, no, I didn't use proper word well i i said willy for mm. penis which i don't think is too no. terrible um but as a child i referred to my vulva as my front bottom and yeah. that's what we called it um to the children which is so stupid it's not like it's not a front bottom is it it's <laughs> do you yeah, know what i mean yeah no <laughs> but <laughs> that's what it was called but um as a uh, you know um uh I, I, as i'm saying in the interview that, that we did with uh, dr leah um one of my friends calls her vulva her Auntie Mary, which is just... <laughs> like her own adult vulva or still, her children. No, she call, she's always called it her Auntie Mary, and I think she's stuck with that. But I she's, hope she's not listening to this whilst driving. She's <laughs> probably crashed into a tree or something. She's like, Louise, you're telling people that for... It's funny, isn't it? Yeah, it's... um. Yeah, what is the most? Have you heard of any, any really ridiculous names? I'll put you on the spot there. I can't think of um, any. I've... No, I, I have think, heard some, but I can't remember. And Auntie now. Mary is is, is pretty the most up there. ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, isn't it? Is that, that could be a drag queen or something, couldn't oh. it? <laughs> <laughs> I know. So, and what are your thoughts around discussing sex with your children? Yeah, is that uh, because when I lived in London before I had kids, before I got married, I um, I worked with I was I was a 
I did a lot of youth work. work I did a lot of um, work with deaf children, actually. Mm. Um, so I was learning to sign. I was doing my BSL, sort of level one, two and three. And we had a lot of, um, you know, just a lot of kind of heavy stuff go down. It was it was sort of Battersea. I worked in a Battersea sort of estate um, for ones with council. And so there were lots and lots of issues sort of there um, with, with children that sort of, you know, 13, 14, 15, you know, a lot of disclosures, a lot of, um, you know, uh, safety measures, yeah. you know, put in place with families and stuff like that and disclosures. Um, so, yeah, I, I feel like that gave me a little bit of a, uh, yeah, just a bit of a sort of heads up of making sure that ki- my, my children, when it came to mm. it, um, just age appropriate yeah, stuff. Yeah. Um, but then what happens is you have your kids, don't you? And it's just sort of like a battle to get through the day yeah, for those yeah. first few years. And and you, it's a bit, it you know, it's the driving analogy, isn't it? Mm. Like your mirror signal maneuver. Uh, am I have I got the seat in the right position? Am I indicate? It's so many fucking things mm. to remember to do to make sure that you, mm. you know, like. Um, make sure that you don't make a big issue that they're not eating too much food because you don't want that to be a big issue make sure that you don't make too much of an issue about screen time because then they become yeah, as everything feels like a battleground yes. sometimes yeah. um but yeah i think that uh just trying to be honest and trying to be transparent i said to my daughter the other day i've never parented a 9 year old before mm. so i don't really know what i'm doing you know mm. like and it was my birthday as we you know and she was like, well, I've never been mothered by a 43-year-old before. <laughs> so I, you know, like, and yeah, it's just... But actually, I think that kind of honest conversation mm. where you go, you know, is is really important. Yeah. Um, you want to protect them, though, don't mm. you? Especially when you see them getting to 10 and 11 mm. years old. You want to, you just want them to stay innocent. You want, and it's hard, it's hard, but... but in the long term, yeah. y- you need to put your big girl yeah, pants on yeah. and do it, don't you? So, you know, anybody listening now who's got young children or teenagers, um, and you're thinking, oh, I, you know, I'll, I'll bury my head in the sand a little bit about this and just, uh, you know, carry on letting, you know, d- d- not discussing it. Mm. Um, you know, the interview with uh, Dr. Leah Lee, she's a is is coming up. She's a psychiatrist and she's been working with families since the beginning of her psychiatric career and her goal is to help all parents raise strong, secure and resilient children who yeah. become strong, secure, resilient adults um, and she's got a passion for working with children and teenagers around sex education so she's chatted to us um, to tell us about her book which is called No Shame Real Talk with Your Kids about sex self-confidence and healthy relationships and that's out on September the 20, 22nd um, I've just pre-ordered it on Amazon and yeah so um, and it's uh, it's a really a vital listen today you know um, and then you know you you, know, you really need to yeah we all need to start having those those conversations so that's Dr Leah Lees coming up in a moment Hold up what was that? Boring no flavour that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week Kiki Palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads, generally, for most people, are the easy button, right? 
For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Well, hello, Leah. <laughs> How are hello. you? Hello. <laughs> Very happy. You know, it's always technical difficulties to start. Yeah, well, that's, that's It's fine. like we're used to that now. Yeah, we are. That's just the, that's the COVID way. Yes. Just this, yeah, <laughs> the obligatory yeah. Uh, tech fumble. But the first, uh, you know, Leah, can you tell us, first of all, you know, where, where I was, I'm a bit confused as to where, where the devil are you? I, I've, I've tried to sort of look on Instagram to try and work out exactly where you are, but I'm not entirely sure. So, so I live in Southampton, New York, which is the Hamptons. Ah. Oh, and okay. I have a practice here for many years mm. and I'm uh, assistant clinical f- professor at New York Medical College in Manhattan, mm. mostly working at a city hospital called Metropolitan. And I did all I'm basically, you know, you can take the girl out of Long Island, but you can't take Long Island out of the girl. So <laughs> I have been a Long Islander from the start. And I do love it. Yeah. Where are you guys? We're about about an, an hour, just yeah, under outside, an hour out of um, outside of London. London. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a bit of confusion because um, I didn't look up my, look at the email properly, and you'd said. Uh, 10 a.m. EST, um, which of course is 3 p.m. here. So we had a little bit of a scrabble around where I went, ah, I've got the time wrong, I've got the time wrong. And that was when I was just like, well, where is she exactly? I couldn't, <laughs> I couldn't figure it out. But um, and can I just check that I've got your, I'm saying your name correctly, Dr. Leah Lease. Is it pronounced Lease? Is that right? Yes. Brilliant. Exactly. Good. I yes. thought that was that was uh, how it was pronounced. So um, I'm Will. And how do you um, pronounce your names? Just uh, so I know. Louise. I'm Louise. Louise Daniels. And this is. I'm Amy. Just like A M Y, but um, it. it's spelt differently because. <laughs> My mother was insufferable. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest with you, my mother named me Leah, and then my husband had a Princess Leia fantasy, so he calls me Leia. <laughs> so we'll now, answer to everything, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so now I have like half my friends calling me Leah and half calling me Leia, and they're like, what is your name? And I'm like, Just, which one do you like better? <laughs> Can you tell us, first of all, about your work with children as regards sexuality? Oh, great. Well, Louise, I started in the field at 15 where I was uh, working as a volunteer at Hillside Hospital, which is a psychiatric hospital with children uh, at an ADHD camp I was volunteering. And then I, I, I kept going. And by 17, I was working on lax psychiatric units as a volunteer with my aunt. Marie was a social worker. And I really loved it. And they said, well, you should be a social worker. And then uh, my aunt's like, no way. She went to Barnard and she's like, she's going to be a psychiatrist. She's going to run this place. So with a lot of encouragement, um, I kept going. And then I did research on electroconvulsive therapy in children in college at Dartmouth. Uh, And um, I got a, a, a little scholarship to do it. 
And then I kept on going and was a neuroscience major in college. And then <laughs> I you know, started working at St. Vincent's at New York Medical College, which was the closest uh, hospital, World Trade Center, and also was the you know middle of the uh, HIV AIDS crisis mm. uh, was the main hospital for all of that. So I was at the tail end of that when people were still kind of getting very sick, but you know the, the, the whole treatments were changing, saw a lot of uh, single sex or homo, you know, homosexuality and um, really developed a passion for, you know, this idea of, you know, families are made up of so many different types of people. Yeah. Um, and then I started working with a, a lot of adopted families and it just kept going. And so now here I am, you know, the Me Too movement started and I said, well, you know, this is all because they were never raised right. You know, yeah. the answer is the children. And, you know, we need to, we need to, you know, the manners, like, we don't we teach them how to hold a knife and fork, but we don't give them bubkis else about how to behave uh, in, in, in a sexual, <laughs> you know, so in sexual right. relationships. Yeah. And we just leave them to their own devices. And so they find out from pornography, which is not exactly the right mm, way yeah. to learn how to treat someone. So, uh, you know, then I got to be in my bonnet and I wrote this book, you know, No Shame, Real Talk. Yes, which is out on the 22nd of September. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And so who is that? Who is that book for? You know, is it for parents or? Yes, it's a yeah. parenting book. So mm. it's really to help parents raise children. And at its heart, it's a book about communication. So like, how do you communicate with your children about sex and sexuality? How do you face your own, you know, how to take the shame and blame out of your game, you know? Mm. And then, you know, when you do that, how do you pass down all this wisdom um, and really help them you know, ha develop their own healthy relationships and also protect them from being assaulted or assaulting or STDs or pregnancy. But it's not about fear mongering. It's really about like pleasure, consent, mm -hmm. healthy yeah. relationships, communication skills, and also just dealing with your own awkwardness. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our listeners, uh, Leah, will uh, have children ranging from kind of babies right through to sort of young adults. I, I think it would be really helpful if it's okay with you to sort of go through a sexuality timeline of like childhood, because uh, presumably, I mean, it begins from the very beginning, like you were saying before, like you're building those foundations, aren't you? I mean, uh, yeah. Could you condense that for us in a sort of oh, yeah, bite size? Sure. Yeah, I mean, people always ask me at what age you talk to children mm -hmm. about sex. And I'm always like, as soon as they can talk. Because mm -hmm. it's not, it's, it's the sex talks are ongoing. So it starts with simple things like actually naming the body parts for yeah. what they are. Like yeah. testicles, penis, you know, vulva, labia. Vaginas so not, on the inside. calling them silly names then, you know, like. Yes. Foo-foo or. Yeah, like, <laughs> your jewel, your bug. Yeah. You know, one of my friends really... called hers her Auntie Mary, which I just think was just like, where did that come from? You know, that's so British. I know. Like, I'm going to call my uh, Volvo my Auntie Mary just to really confuse everyone. <laughs> Absolutely. So it, teaching them the proper names for parts of their, their bodies. The body, the which, mm. yeah, which, show, which shows in studies actually to be incredibly protective against mm. sexual abuse and assault. Predators will not prey on children who know the names of these things because they think they'll, you know, be t told out. And police mm. and uh, authority figures are more likely to believe them if they say that that boy touched me on my vulva. They're like, that kid knows what a vulva is. Yeah. They're not confused. <laughs> you know? Oh, yeah. So, so yeah, a biology savvy 
child is, is quite likely, yeah, to put off a, a predator. I, I hadn't thought of that. It's yeah. so interesting because I remember I've got a, a nine-year-old and a five-year-old, Leah, um, but when my nine-year-old girl was, was really young and obviously, you know, we're, we're just, nobody gives you an actual manual really no. what to do with these kids until when now. you get them home. Well, until now <laughs> she's written it. But my, my husband, I guess just because that's what they did in the 80s, he'd be sort of like, oh, let, in the bath, let's wash your toppence or whatever, yeah. or your Auntie Mary. But obviously, <laughs> as, you, as, you, as we've discovered, there is that ambiguity. And I remember sort of saying to him, um, should, let's wash your vagina. I mean, she's literally six months old, seven months old. But even then I was kind of, because uh, yeah, this, this is something that I'd come across before. And he was like, no need for this technical language, but actually it, it, then there is, there's no ambiguity about who Auntie Mary is and where she went and, you know, like, it, it's, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's so important. And then if you actually have an Auntie Mary, you're well, totally yeah. confused. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> oh, right. So, yeah. And then, so you, 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 so we need to call body parts by their proper names, you know, from the word go, no silly, silly names. Uh, um, well, and it builds confusion. up. Then it's like, yeah. you know, then it's now you can think about teaching about hygiene, right? How mm. to wipe properly for a boy, mm -hmm. how to remove the foreskin and clean it. And then you 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 keep on going. Then it's about how are babies made? Yeah. And you should never lie to your kids about that. I mean, no. just be factual. And when they're really young, you know, they don't know anything. So your awkwardness is all they see. So you just, you know, as soon as you think they're ready to handle it, you're getting out the books. It's not the stork. You're going through sperm, egg, just like a seed and a plant, just like you see, uh, you know, if they're, if you ever go on a farm and they ever had a chance to see something being born, mm. you know, just, it's just natural. This is how babies are born. This is they're in the uterus. They're not in the stomach. You know, they mm. come out the vagina. And you're just talking about it like very naturally, like you would how you make a cake or how um, how you brush your teeth and why. Mm. And, you know, so that way, you know, and then, of course, there comes the day, you know, if they don't ask, you tell them. But there is the day when my, my daughter was six where she said, well, exactly how does the sperm get to the egg? Get and I was, like, yes. I was like, aha, you know, and that's when you sort of layer in, okay, this is what sex is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, and then you can also layer in, okay, not all babies are made through sex. You know, there mm -hmm. is some babies are made in test tubes, yeah. you know, it's called IVF. And then some babies get to their families through adoption. Like they have a birth mother and then they have their, their mother and they have a birth father and they have their father and mm. they're not the same person so you know then you can really have fun with it and they kind of blow their little minds because they're like wow would you recommend with small children then when they're asking about how babies are made getting like a picture book you know there's loads of books out now aren't there would you yeah. is that a good i suppose it'd be a good way for to start the conversation it's so mm. amazing because a, it's hard to know exactly what to say. Mm. I mean, the language, mm. because you're not, you know, a developmental psychologist to know like what language they'll understand. <laughs> Find somebody who is, who wrote a book, you know? Yeah. And <laughs> uh, and then you'll have the right language. And um, uh, the pictures, you know, will in engage them. So mm. they loved, when I was pregnant, my, my older daughter loved to look at, you know, pictures of the developing baby. She was mm. like, oh, this is what it looks like now. This is what it looks like now. Wow. So, you yeah. know, it really keeps them engaged in yeah. the whole thing. And then, you know, they'll ask about, okay, how does, you know, how does that happen? And you just say, you know, the penis and the vagina and the vulva and it gets inserted and it feels really good. Mm -hmm. And then the seed comes out and that's called the sperm. You know? And then they're like, okay, I get that. 
And then, you know, it's like, you know, but you say, hey, it feels really good. So people don't always just do it to make babies. They also do it because it's fun. Mm. And that's where the whole concept of pleasure comes in. And that's when you get a phone call from the school saying, yeah. uh, Mrs. Cooper, uh, your daughter has been... <laughs> well, I would like to just uh, ask you about that because... Um, it's not something that you know. Uh, that, so my children are um, in their twenties. My um, my older children now. Um, that was not something something that the other mothers would have been very happy mm. about saying. Yes, true. You know that it's fun and you're meant to enjoy it. When my daughter was in her teens and we had a conversation about sex and and I, we were talking about sort of. Um, I wanted her to. I, well, what I said to her was, it should be really good fun, and it should, you know, you should really enjoy it. And if you're not enjoying it, that is that's an indication, you know, if you, or if you're feeling you're you're going to do something that you're not ready for mm. and you're not really like wanting to do it, then that's telling you that it's the the wrong person, the wrong situation, the wrong time, um, because it, it should be good fun, and you know, you should really enjoy it. And the other mothers, so she must have been about. 13 or 14 and the other mothers friends of hers were all pretty pissed off with me because they weren't happy they they didn't think we should be telling our daughters that they should be enjoying sex and i mean so that, isn't that crazy isn't that isn't that misogynist bad, isn't it? it's very very rude <laughs> so we're talking about she's 25 now so we're talking about you know 12 10, years 10. ago and i know things have changed a bit but actually i i think people are still really uncomfortable about Telling their children that sex is something enjoyable, and do you, it, telling girls that that sex is enjoyable. yeah. Well, female pleasure has mm. always been something that nobody wants to talk about. Mm. I have a couple, you know, I have a couple thoughts. The first is, don't get me wrong, you have to tell your kids it's something you do when you're an adult, yeah, or when you're older and you're ready because you know you your oh yeah, body I wasn't telling to be ready. To yeah, of course. On. I mean, I just want to be clear. Yeah. Yes, you know, absolutely. But 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 what you did was perfect. I love it. I think you're ahead of your yeah, time. Yeah. Oh, thank you. I've stuck to that, and I really feel that I was ahead of my time. But at the time, people were cross with me. Yeah, but sorry, and, carry on. And you know, at its heart, I think there is a, a little bit of this fear of women embracing their sexual power. Mm, yeah, I think people are men, and society is generally scared because women are so powerful because they can do something that is so amazing. And, you know, I mean, not just multiply orgasm, but give the gift, you know, give birth. Mm -hmm. And women are may not be as strong physically, but they are way stronger in terms of their health parameters. They live longer. They look at how they're doing with coronavirus compared to men. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like men burn bright, but women last way longer. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think there is a little bit of a fear of embracing that power in women and, and women I don't being know. afraid of embracing that power of women. I mean, what are we so afraid of that we're going to take over the fucking world? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, is it, we need, yeah, we need to have this conversation with our, with our, well, young girls and young boys, actually. Mm. And also the conversation for boys. And I love when women, mothers, sit down their boys and tell their boys this, and they all should. It's in my book, which is, if she is not really wanting to have sex if she is not really enjoying it you should not be doing it yeah mm. like you've not figured it out like yeah. figure out where the magic button is <laughs> like yes. figure out how to do it yeah. you know yeah. take your time 
you shouldn't have to push them into it if you are then God, it's not absolutely right. absolutely my kids kind of play fight a lot you know uh, siblings do that a lot um but i i I sometimes say to um, my older girl when she's kind of, she's literally punching the shit out of her younger brother. And I'm like, right, are we both enjoying this game? Yeah, and that <laughs> goes back to consent, doesn't yes, it? Yeah, and yeah. Within that parameter of play, mm. like, no, no, he's crying now. Yeah. No, 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 you're hurting him now. And and it's, I guess it's, it's really teaching them about boundaries, isn't it? Mm. Very well done. <laughs> I, I mean, and the boundary discussion you brought up is 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 so important because Boundaries start as soon as they can talk, even yeah. before. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like, this is my body. This is the other child's body. I don't have the right to come into that space unless I'm welcome. Mm-hmm. And that is something that can be taught from very early on. Even things like, you know, I'm in the bathroom right now. I'm trying to use the bathroom. Like, yeah. this is my boundary. Like, you need to stay outside. Like, I know you need something. But it, it starts there and it's like, yeah. oh, shit, you know, Leah, and- I, I'm not I'm not doing very well on that no. that front. I, I, I rarely get to uh, I rarely get to Take a have a bowel time. movement on my own, quite frankly. <laughs> <laughs> right, I work on that, Leah. Yeah. And also, I wanted to ask you about masturbation and um, because that is something that I think um, parents find very difficult to talk, talk to their children about. And um Presumably, you you know you never shame it. You should talk about it. You know, encourage it. Presumably, uh, and and just explain that it it's something that you do privately. Or you know, yes, how do you have conversations around that? It's interesting because the Northern European approach to masturbation is slightly different from even the most liberal American approach, wow. uh, which is that in in Northern European countries they completely ignore children who are masturbating, even from a very young age. They never say a word about it. They don't even say do it in private. They mm. literally just let them do it at the dinner table. And it's up <laughs> to all, it's like up to all the adults to ignore it. And what they're trying to do is to say to the young kid, like everybody's ignoring you right now, pick up those subtle cues and realize it's not something we do at dinner, right? Mm-hmm. And in America, we have a little different approach. I mean, the liberal parents, which are, you know, you you see your kid masturbating, you say, it's great, you know, it's healthy, please do it privately, yes. which is the approach I like to take. And then there's, of course, the conservative approach was to tell them it's bad or, or push their hands away or smack their hands or, oh, you know, when, yeah. when a little kid, like a little baby's, you know, touching his penis and the mom smacks a hand away. And, you know, I don't, or they just say, no, no, no. And, you know, if, obviously I don't think that's the right approach because, you know, it makes them feel shame. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I like the middle ground. I think that's the right way. But that, of course, means you have to give your kid privacy and knock because yeah. the last thing you want to do is to walk in on them. So yeah. like, you know, respect the child boundaries. If they're in there on their own and you're not sure what they're doing, don't try to catch them. Just knock yeah. and be like, well, I'm coming up. Or be like, I'm coming up the stairs now, you know. <laughs> yes. And, you know, give them some time to figure out yeah. what, what, what you know, how to end the, the situation they're in. And I think that's, you know, give them plenty of time to explore their bodies because it's only through self-exploration can you ever really teach anybody else how to how to please you. Mm. And it's yeah. also the foundation of sexual pleasure. So I can't tell you how many kids in my practice have never masturbated girls. It's Why? crazy. I'm just like, you know, 15, <clears throat> 16, and they're having sex and they still have never wow. masturbated. Is that because is like they've, they've been told that it's a naughty, dirty thing to do? That's why yeah. they've never done it. Yeah, they've been, t- and, they've been <clears throat> and they've never 
been given license or they've told them it's or like people they'll say things to me like well why would I try to do that to myself when I get someone to do it for me and I, I'm like because they they will have no idea what to do if you don't know what to do I'm really surprised by that <clears throat> because I you know I assumed that it was just something that like a natural everybody did naturally thing, from yeah. being quite sort of young you know um but, but I'm just going to tell you another quick story I don't want to make it all about me but um my younger child when he had sex education at school in year 6 so he was 10 or 11 um and he came out and uh, he, I don't he know what come was out, said. He didn't come out as a homosexual. No, no, he came, he came out, out of school. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know what had been said or how it had been said, but he was under the impression, first of all, that um, girl that uh, girls don't masturbate, but boys do, um, and that girls that boys need to masturbate and need to have sex. But girls don't, and they don't really enjoy it. So I had to obviously, I like literally stopped him in the street, <laughs> set him straight. But then I WhatsApped the mums that are, you know, my friends who had girls, and I said, just a heads up. I don't know, you know, this is what Ned's come home saying. So you might want to talk to the girls, um, you know, and it, about. Uh, but they were all. The impression I got was that they were all quite happy that their girls had been told that. They, they shouldn't be masturbate. That they don't, don't masturbate. Need to, oh, they yeah. don't need to have. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, wow. I mean, and that wasn't that long ago. That was like five years ago. So uh, this reminds me of the sex ed <clears throat> class in the Wonder Years with the gym teacher. I mean, uh, <laughs> do you remember that when he? Uh, but I have to say, like, that's terrible. I know. Oh my God, these poor young girls. But also, I said to him at the time, I said, everybody masturbates. And I said, you know, and people might not want to talk about it. And that's up to them. Um, but if they, you know, if they say they don't, they're lying because they do. Everybody does it. So there we go. But now you're saying that you're, you know, coming across girls who don't. Um, so that re that's what I meant. But that's what really surprises me. Because I just thought, well, everybody does. And people just lie about it because they're ashamed or, you know. Yeah, but well, uh, there are girls who don't. And... Unfortunately, these are the same girls who have a lot of problems having orgasms mm. later on. And they also are the same girls who are having sex for the wrong reason, I find. Right. Like yeah. most of them are having sex because they want attention and not mm. because they're getting anything from it. Because, you know, they're complaining to me that it hurts or it's not right. And I think it's all this culture of shame and that how much they've internalized. Mm. I think there's going to be so many people listening to this who are sort of maybe having those, you know, just those little aha light bulb moments. Mm. Um, so, yeah, th this is what it's about, isn't it? I guess talking about this, making it just part of the conversation. I, I know it would mm -hmm. probably be excruciating for, you know, for you to have that conversation all of a sudden now with a 15 year old when you've never mentioned it before. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, it, that's that's the problem, you know, which mm -hmm. is what I'm trying to change. It's yeah. like, your first sex talk should be at 12 or 13. I mean, this should have been going on from the start. Mm. So, and, and also, you know, I'm the, I'm very sex positive, as you can imagine, as a parent. Mm -hmm. And I sit my kids down and talk to them about, I talked talk to my 10-year-old about menstruation the other day, and she had no recollection of it. She was like, what are you talking about? I was like, how many times have we talked about this? I'm like, it, you know, it's amazing to me how many times you have to say the yeah. same thing before it goes through before it click, clicks yeah. through yeah so you yeah. can't just be like oh i checked that box i'm good for another five years uh -uh. no you've got to keep on yeah having those those conversations and yeah so and then <clears throat> can we also talk about what did you know um conversations how do you have conversations around 
sort of body positivity, uh, you know, other things that come up like you know, sex, sexual orientation, gender identity. Is it just about just being honest all of the time and just being open and having those those conversations? Well, Louise, it sounds like you do that a lot of that already. But I also think it's about finding role models. I always say like children learn the most in role models. So if you have, you know, a gay couple in your community that you like, have that couple take your kid out to breakfast, to lunch, whatever, and and explain to them how they came to be gay. Like, did, you know, mm. like, did they know it when they were little? Like, how did they, you know, this is a teenager, obviously not like a six-year-old, but like, you know, and or twelve year, whatever is perfect time. You know, and just say like, this is this is my story, and like then I've met this man, and I fell in love, and we became we got married, or whatever the story is. And it's like they'll learn from seeing in the community positive role models of mm-hmm. different types, adopted kids. You know, you want to try to expose them if you can to actual humans because that's mm-hmm. the most relatable. But obviously, you can't always do that. But if you can. You know, that's the best way. Now, if you can't because you don't have access to that, it's like, okay, then it's it's about maybe buying a book mm-hmm. with a character that has that, you know, person in it. Or it's just about watching a documentary, uh, you know, about a certain kind of thing like, you know, or talking about Elton John and his yeah. husband and two babies and how he, you know, his journey. Like, you know, you could just talk about it yeah. and use examples. But normalizing it. So I suppose yeah. that's, you know, yeah. Okay. Because, mm-hmm. you know, children have, you know, more freedom to explore um, sexual orientation and gender identity now than they than they did, you know, like when I was mm-hmm. younger. And with well, that. Well, I always go- try to take uh, the gendered language out of my discussion about their future partners right so i'll say someday when you get married to your husband or wife yeah i'll say things like your you know your future partner i try not to say boyfriend or girlfriend i try not to say you know i really try and then you know one time i said one day when you marry your prince and then i said or princess because i I said it (laughs) how old are your kids leah seven and ten seven and ten both girls yeah, and my yeah. older one said, it's definitely going to be a prince. And my other one said, I'm never getting married. <laughs> like, that was so funny. <laughs> and the clients that you have, do they range in age and, uh, and gender? Yeah. Yes. I've yeah. seen it all. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds like you have. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, transgender, everything. I mean, I've seen it all. And, um, and you know, I've seen every kid. I mean, I, and adults. I see adults too, but... Children are my passion. Mm. Right. Thank you so much. I mean, I, like I, like I said, I think there's going to be so many people who, you know, this is the great thing about podcasts, isn't it? You listen to a conversation like this, then you, you know, you you type somebody's name into Instagram or, or mm. uh, what? Have you done other? Have you done? Do you do many talks? Or where so else can I, people find you? Oh, thanks for asking. Yeah. Um, you know, it's shamelesspsychiatrist.com or drleahlease.com, and I mm. have you know so much so many resources on there from psychology yeah. today my blogs uh the other podcasts and um and uh you know so you can find a lot of information there and instagram is uh, shameless psychiatrist yeah. um and you know i i just love this job i think i'm the luckiest person on the planet to be able to do this yeah. um so and can I'm i just I can, yeah. ask uh, just quickly um what 
I'd just like for anybody listening who's, you know, what would you say to a parent who's listening who's thinking, no, I don't want to talk about any of this with my child. I don't want to encourage my children to have sex um, or to think about it. And I'm uncomfortable with it. And, you know, what, where, well, I can, how I can is that harmful? You, you know? Yeah, I can give you, you know, mm. children who aren't given adequate sex education are much more likely to get an STT or be pregnant. Um, you know, the studies are conclusive on that so you're actually leaving sex education up to an educator possibly a gym teacher in the u.s you know who will give your kid the complete wrong information or guess Mm. what ding 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 pornography yeah that's that's a huge issue isn't it yeah it's huge i mean i can't even tell you and people uh children who are large consumers of pornography uh are actually more likely to be aggressive in their sexual encounters than children who do not view a large amount of pornography. And the only way to ensure that is obviously trying to put parental controls on things. But once they hit a certain age, you can't do that. Mm. It's more of like an open dialogue with your kids about like, hey, like you can watch it, you know, because I can't stop you. But really try to watch what you're watching because Mm. it's not good for you. And I always say like, look at like, you know when you're a kid and you see like the poltergeist and you're like freaked out for days? You yeah. Know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah. Watching, Haunted. Yeah. Watching violent pornography mm. can really be like that for young, yeah. you know, 12, 13, 14 year olds. I have seen it absolutely haunt them and come to me totally, and they can't tell their parents, totally disturbed by what yeah. they saw, totally confused about their own sexuality, what their penis is supposed to look like, you know, how they're supposed to behave. And it goes against everything they instinctually understand about life, like gentle, kind, and and it just upsets God, them. It, to it, it's so it must be so traumatic for them. But I'm thinking because even as you're talking about that now, I'm kind of thinking about a few things. Like not only if you're so if you're almost um, if you talk to your children about these things, and I, you know, like because I've got young ones, I'm kind of like. I know what we're going to be discussing around the dinner table tonight. <laughs> and, and it is making me think, oh, like, it's a, it's a bit like just putting them in a car and just mm-hmm. saying, well, figure yeah. it out. You know, like you've seen, not that, not that they've seen me having sex, but they've seen me driving a car. But do you know what I mean? Like other people are driving around out there mm-hmm. in this metaphorical sexual yeah. world, probably have not had these conversations with their parents from this young. So it's it's almost like, protection thing for themselves yeah. isn't it yeah so we yeah. do need to have that conversation then presumably about the fa- about mainstream porn and uh, can you what would you well, what, it's just what that, do we need like, to say to them just yeah that these are actors you mm. know that consent happens off stage right mm. off screen but it happens that they already have you know the contraceptive and std testing done majority of the time and that yeah. um and that, you know, a lot of these sex acts are fringe sex acts and they're not where you start, you know, mm-hmm. like yeah. at all. You know, you always start gentle. You always start soft. You know, no girl, despite what you want to see pornography, no 16, 17, 18 year old mm-hmm. girl wants to be hit or slapped. Mm-hmm. They just don't. So, mm-hmm. you know, you might see it. Don't do it. Yeah. And that's the conversation, you yeah. know. Yeah. And if you don't, if it disturbs you, turn it off and find something else, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I, I actually bumped into a friend of mine. I, I won't name them and shame them. <laughs> she, she's a governor at a, a secondary school. And she was saying that the amount of girls who have like um, rectal injuries, yeah. mm. I don't know why I'm whispering because I've got a microphone right <laughs> in my butt. And, I, and, and, it's, and it's sort of like, because they don't, yeah. They, uh, but 
because boys watching porn yes. and it's anal, anal, yep. anal. And then the girls are like, if they don't do that, then they're yep. X, Y, Z. And it, you know, like it, it, it's it's a it's a mess, isn't it? It, you know, yeah. and it, it, but but without that education, without a, you know a, a girl in that situation being able to go, well, I'm not doing that. Mm. I don't give a shit about what you yeah. say to me, or you know, um, yeah. yeah, I don't. Well, you should talk to your your teenage girl yeah. about anal sex, uh, 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 or your teenage boy, because guess what? Yeah, he might be homosexual. Yeah. And you're not prepping him for you know what's coming. So really, it's it's all gender. Just be inclusive. Uh, again, it's another lesson to us all. Don't make assumptions. Mm. And you know, even if he's not homosexual, he might experiment. So mm. you know, it's like you know, you gotta just say like you know, it really if you want to go there, which I highly suggest you wait on that one because it's mm. a big step. Mm. But you know lube and one little finger it starts there like yeah. it's you know like don't start with the whole enchilada like no. start with a, like a little <laughs> top, you know like you know yeah and i think just think actually spelling it out because I, yeah I, and again this was uh, a conversation that i had with um he's in his 20s now but when he was about 16 i i just made i just said to him don't you know no girl wants to have your cock up her ass I, I just said that and I said you know like not because I was talking about girls of his yeah. his sort of age mm-hmm. and you know um and I, I just said so you know just don't even don't even ask no. or and if you know if a girl's saying that yeah you know she's really keen to do that she's probably yeah I, I would just be very wary mm. because I think perhaps she's doing that for the wrong reasons yeah. at this age mm-hmm. and at this stage and you know um so again yeah it was something that I was quite obviously quite happy to just say outright <laughs> but you know yeah so all of these conversations need to be had because because we we know I, I can't remember the statistics now but we know that you know children sort of 10 or 11 are watching porn mm. you know and it's just that uh, it, it, with the smartphone mm. it, and the, and you know the kids in secondary school yeah. over here our education and system they you, might turn up at school and someone goes here look at this you know if mm. not maybe they're not sitting down and actively logging on and looking for it but they, so there's no point burying your head in the sand is there as a parent you've, you've got no. to have these conversations even if you locked in all your all your kids technology which i advise you do obviously but even mm. if you do, no. you don't know who's going to show it to. No, them. of course, no, absolutely, yeah, you're right. Which so is your, why, you know, yeah. So your book is, I mean, I think, very, very much needed, yeah. isn't it? So and mm-hmm. um, yeah, is a will give people give parents yeah. that sort of guiding, helping hand for to to start those conversations and how to do it and. Yeah, it's called No Shame. Real talk with your kids about sex, self confidence, and healthy relationships. So. Yeah. Yeah, and is it? Would you? Is it a manual, Leah, or is it? No, it's it's, such a fun. I wrote it. So I wrote it, and I had my friend who's a sex researcher edit it, and then I looked at it. I was like, man, this is a little dry. So Mm. then I had my my friend Jenny Diaz, who is a marketing person, go through and just make it fun. So it's actually oh, really perfect. fun. It okay. reads so fun. It's like reads like your best friend. Brilliant. You know, Brilliant. You know, like you guys, how you guys talk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it, it's been so nice to chat with you. And, yeah. you know, even though I know that some people have probably listened to this and, you know, maybe maybe a conversation, maybe there's an incident that's happened, you know, that, you know, all the kids have gone back to school and, you know, all the, the, they've had the summer to kind of mature a bit and they've all been on lockdown and then they've got back and, you know, and um, maybe it is a bit triggering for some people listening to this because they've got this shit to deal with and it is something to deal with if you've not been dealing with it since four and five yeah. years old but don't fear don't worry i think that your re- your book is a really good resource mm. to have uh, you know in your tool belt 
you know? Yeah, and we'll put all the details for how to get your, your book and to follow you on Instagram and stuff as well um, on, on the show notes. So thank you so much, Leah. Lovely to chat to you. Thanks. I'm glad to hang out with the, 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 the other side of the Atlantic. Produced by Louise Daniels. Visit louise-daniels.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.